We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Good day. Welcome back. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Packers get the win yesterday, the top seed in the NFC. That's the story on a Green and Gold Monday. And, uh, and we're glad to have you here. Thanks uh, for joining us. 35-16, the final. Packers 13-3, and tops in the NFC. By the way, Pro Football Focus just came out with their wide receiver grades for the season. The highest wide receiver graded, Devontae Adams, 92.2. By the way, Justin Jefferson, number two, at 90.4. Then there's Brown and Diggs. Brown with uh, Tennessee and uh, Stephon Diggs with uh, Buffalo, uh, three and four. But uh, Devontae Adams, the highest-graded wide receiver on the season. On the season by Pro Football Focus. Just an FYI. So uh, another big season for Devontae Adams. So, uh, look, what did you take away from this, uh, this Packers win and maybe this Packers season? If you want to look a little bit, you know, more philosophical, so to speak, what did you take away? What, what, uh, when you walked away yesterday, the season culminates thirteen and three. Matt Lafleur in his first two seasons, twenty six and six. We talk about Aaron Rodgers winning an MVP. Should we be talking more and more and more about Matt Lafleur and the kind of you know coaching job he's done? Should he get more respect? Should he be talked about more? When it comes to uh, when it comes to the coach of the year, eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. Jeff uh, tweets me and says, "Question for you: Let's say Rodgers maintains this level for say close to the next two or three seasons. Do the Packers look at keeping him and trading Love? Yes. Yep. Now I, look, I don't know what Jordan Love is." Who knows? Maybe behind closed doors, they are just out of their mind thrilled. Okay? I don't know. But we, you, you, unless, of course, look, Joe Montana did not end his career with San Francisco. He went on to Kansas City. Peyton Manning did not end his career with Indianapolis. He went on to Denver. Brett Favre did not end his career with Green Bay. He went on to New York and then Minnesota. Okay, so it's it's... It's a pipe dream that can be. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but it, it certainly is is something that we all understand. That it, it's it's not easy to uh, begin and end your career with the same team. But yeah, Tom Brady, by the way, and we all know he left. But 
just in my opinion, if you know you have a Hall of Famer still performing at a Hall of Fame level, you don't discard the Hall of Famer unless you know you have another one waiting in the wings. Everybody saw it when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Everybody saw what he could do from the moment you met the guy and then started watching him in practice. You knew you had something special. If Jordan Love doesn't give you that same feeling, you don't make that move. I'm sorry. You just don't. You know? So, I think, uh, put it this way, uh, they're not going to make any announcement at the end of this season. That's for damn sure. Right? 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. Give us a shout. Let's go to Sam listening to us in West Bend. Sam, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. Um, you know, one of the takeaways I got from uh, from the game yesterday was I really was impressed with the offensive line, the way they held up. I, I you know, I was really uh, so down when uh, Bakhtiari went, you know, went down. Right. Um, I, it just, man, I was <laughs> beside myself. But, um, but man, I thought they really played well. And you know, Bill, it, another tribute to. LaFleur, the organization, because I think at the end of last year, Bill, that was one of the things they realized. I think LaFleur really takes a lot from uh, other coaches, especially coaches he coached with, like uh, Shanahan, that uh, one of their big strengths last year, San Francisco's, was a, a, a big, deep offensive line. And um, I really think they made it, uh, you know, a, a concerned effort to go out there, a concerted effort to go out there and, and, um, and beef up that offensive line, not beef it up so much, but uh, depth, you know, get some backup. And, yeah, uh, right. Flexibility, guys can play different positions. And, boy, I, I'll tell you, I think it's going to start to pay – well, it's already paid dividends. Yeah, it has paid off uh, because of the depth. They've needed it this year, and they've used it in, in, in multiple occasions. I, I tell you what, two years ago, picking up Elkin Jenkins, holy mackerel, that guy oh my God. has been oh. a godsend. Oh, man, I mean, that's a find. I mean, you talk about draft picks and whatnot. He's kind of like Bakhtiari, right? I mean, right. You know, who knew who he was, uh, you know, late-round pick. But, boy, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel I feel a lot better now. <laughs> yep. No, I completely agree with you. Um, now, I will say this. I appreciate the phone calls always, Sam, and uh, always, always great to get your call from West Bend. Uh, I will say this. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers was knocked down. I think I counted seven, eight times. Uh, the official statistic was six. He was sacked once. The official statistic was six, but there was a couple of times that he let go of the ball and then got uh, got lit up pretty good. That's the one thing is that, you know, you it may not show up in the stats to say, oh, he got sacked six times, seven times, whatever, but he got hit pretty good yesterday. So those are things that you're going to notice. Those are things that, you know, they put your quarterback in a little bit more danger. When you talk about protecting him. So you wish uh, David Bakhtiari uh, nothing but the best and a very speedy recovery, obviously. But uh, but now, you know, that's the one thing is it's not just sacks. It's about getting getting hurried or getting hit. And if he's got to get off his mark, uh, you know, a second sooner, that can throw off your game. So it's it's just one thing that even though – you can look at the offensive line and go, man, what a great job. But yesterday, they got after Aaron Rodgers pretty good. So uh, we'll see, obviously, with the defenses being better as you head towards the postseason, 
We'll see how how hopefully he doesn't take too many shots and hopefully it doesn't it doesn't become too disrupted by the offense. 855-830-8648. Uh, again, give us a shout. What did you take away from yesterday? Uh, this one's from Brandon. It says, the only thing I'm worried about is how, in the past, Green Bay doesn't tend to play well after a bye regular season or the playoffs. They have had – well, under McCarthy, he had a pretty good record coming out of the bye. So I'm, I'm not overly concerned, but it's it, this is a learning process for Matt LaFleur. Uh, Jim says Brady is the GOAT. It's going to be very difficult for the Packers to get past the GOAT. Location or team doesn't mean much to Brady. I give Packers a 50-50 chance of a Super Bowl appearance. I agree with you on Brady when it comes to um, facing a guy that knows how to play in cold weather. But the rest of that team, they've been down in Tampa Bay for quite some time. And even Brady is living in Tampa Bay. When you're living in Tampa Bay, everybody else is experiencing cold weather and snow and possibly shoveling and, and traipsing around in it. And you're not. It does make a difference. Craig says the only team that worries me is Tampa Bay because I uh, can't stand the idea of players like Sue and Antonio Brown getting rewarded with a Super Bowl for the way they have been in the past. I know. I understand that. And then Tampa Bay was a team that really is one of the only teams that really put it on the Packers this year. That 38-10 to loss, that still resonates. Minnesota beat them. It was the 28-22 score, but Minnesota, um, it was really the second half of that game where Minnesota stymied the Packers. The Packers, at least as of right now, they still didn't do much in the third quarter yesterday, but at least they've shaken a little bit of that dust off. The Colts game, I thought, to me, was a little bit of a turning point because I looked at that Colts game and I thought, you know what? They turned the ball over three times against a winning team, and they were still in it. They tied the game up. It wasn't until that fourth turnover that they that they gave away the game. So I thought you walk away feeling at least – you feel bad you lost the game, but you feel better you went toe-to-toe with one of these good teams that everybody said you couldn't beat, and you turned the ball over three different times, and you still tied the game. You have to walk away with a little bit of a positive out of all of that. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. Give us, a, give us a shout. Again, 855-830-8648. Um, this one's from Ray. says, uh, the Super Bowl is in Tom Brady's house. Uh, Tom Brady is going to get there. Uh, I feel eerie about the Buccaneers coming into Lambeau Field. Uh, this is from Christopher. says, no one in the NFC is playing as well as Green Bay right now, which could be either really good or really bad come February. Uh, well, right now, I've always said, you got to be good. you you, you got to be lucky. you got to have the ball bounce your way a couple of times. you got to be healthy. And the Packers, for the most part, are healthy. And they came out of that game yesterday uh, unmarred. Now losing David Bakhtiari sucks. There's no doubt about that. But you should get everybody feeling good. Ricky Wagner's been nicked up. Your linebackers were nicked up. Uh, Kenny Clark, coming back from that, uh, that that hamstring or that groin poise, I should say, he was nicked up. These guys all now get rests. For, for You go back, their bye week came in, what, week five? It was the week of, what, October like 12th or something like that? 
October 10th, 9th. That was that was about the time that they had their bye week. That was the last time they had a bye week. So these guys are all just really, they got across the finish line, you're gassed, you sit down, you rest and relax. It's going to be a good week for them to heal up a little bit. The David Bakhtiari news sucks, but for the rest of this team, it's a good week. It's a good week to take a little bit of a breather. Eight, five, but don't forget, coming out of the bye week uh, is when they faced Tampa Bay. And when they came out of the bye week, remember, it wasn't a good week of practice, wasn't a good energy, wasn't a good vibe, wasn't a good feel, all the excuses, and they got they got beat up pretty good in that game. So wouldn't it be ironic if they came out of a bye week again this time and Tampa Bay would be the team that they would be facing in the postseason? 855-830-8648. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, what would you take away from this game uh, against this team? As, um, you know, obviously uh, the Green Bay Packers have the bye and they have the top spot in the NFC. Big weekend uh, in in wild card weekend football as well, and I'm looking forward to it. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. You got a national title game coming up as well in college football. We didn't even get into that. So, uh, and by the way, for those Notre Dame fans that are out there, Notre Dame comes up majorly disappointing yet again, yet again. So, boy, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you got to scratch your head. Uh, is Brian Kelly the guy to get you there? But that's all upcoming throughout the week, without a doubt. 855-830-8648. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. You know, it, it, it was kind of weird. Um, you know, it, it just felt like they had the ball for you know a very long time. You know, they was converting them third and shorts, fourth and um, fourth and shorts, um, things like that. So, you know, it, if it's one thing that when we look on the film that we, we want to clean up is it, those um, letting them get to them short yard situations where um, we don't want to put ourselves in them situations of being third and third and one, fourth and one. Let's let's get our um, our work done more in the um, early downs. That's Adrian Amos, the stabilizing factor in the Packers' secondary. 855-830-8648. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette going to be joining us. Just like that, the holidays, bam, they're over. The hustle and bustle, all done. Now it's January. Start looking ahead and decide to do something good this year. Good for you, good for your your car, good for your planet, E85 and unleaded 88. You've heard me talk about them before. I use it. I encourage everybody else to do the same. You can reduce the amount of petroleum in your gas, replacing it with renewable corn ethanol. And there's an increased demand for ethanol in our gas right now. And But it helps you know the workers. It's like uh, I've said this for a while now. Money-wise, it's like ripples on a pond. It helps everybody right here in our own backyard, uh, from the farmers to the refinery workers, the truck drivers, everybody. So for all of you out there in my universe, because I use it, uh, the Bill Michaels uh, world, so to speak, uh, give E85 a shot in your flex fuel vehicle. If you got the green badging on the back or on the gas cap, use it there. Otherwise, you can choose unleaded 88 in your car or truck and start to save some money and burn less fossil fuel. And if you need more information as to why ethanol is, is better, uh, dispel all the myths and get the facts. Go to abetterfuel.org. That's abetterfuel.org. It's easy. It's an easy decision when you think about being an advocate for the local farmers and producers right here in our own backyard. Again, go to abetterfuel.org. That's abetterfuel.org. Let's get to the phone calls. Talk to Nate. Nate in Cedarburg. Cedarburg. I love that area up there. I went Christmas shopping there this year. Nate, how you doing? 
Good, Bill. How are you? I'm doing well, man. What's on your mind? I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to Jair Alexander as a legit shutdown corner in the league. Um, I think he's rated the number one corner um, in the entire league, and you really don't hear much about him. So I don't think opposing offenses really throw his way. And and it's almost like like when referees, you don't hear anything about referees when they do their job. That just means they, they did a good job. I think if the same could be said for Jair. You don't really hear much about him, but – you know, he's he's a, a huge reason why they're the number one seed. No, I, I would completely agree with you. I mean, Jair Alexander has really morphed in. He's not talked about because they don't throw on him a lot. And when they do, it's usually something that's either broken up. He's not a big interception guy. He's not prime time. He's not Dion, But he's a guy that you just don't throw at. He's usually got his guy smothered. So, And he doesn't take the same chances he had last year. When he does, they're more calculated than just diving in there and trying to take a chance. So I agree with you. I, I look at Jair Alexander as one of the better lockdown corners. Appreciate the phone call. One of the better lockdown corners in the league. Uh, he's just become that that kind of a guy. So I um, 100% agree. 100% agree. One of the reasons the defense has gotten so much better is because their secondary has gotten so much better. Uh, 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. You want to chime in? Feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 855-830-8648. This one is from uh, Steve. Steve says, what is the problem with everybody jumping on Mike Pettin? If you look at what he has done over the last few weeks, last month and a half specifically, it's gotten a hell of a lot better. Why are fans so upset? I, You know what? I I think there is this – Gary Ellerson and I have talked about this in the postgame show. There are many fans – that want to believe your team is Super Bowl bound. I think what you look for is the reasons why you won't win it. So you kind of set yourself up for that. You're still going to have disappointment, but you have the reason to be able to say, I told you so. Somehow justifying the, the, you know, if you don't win it because it's so hard to win, you can justify it by saying, here you go. I think there are legitimate arguments to be made. You know, is this a the, the number one overall defense? No. Is this a team that's that's locked down? No. I get it. But when you look at the other teams that are out there, you know, and I had mentioned this before, when you start going through uh, the list of teams right now in the, uh, in the NFL, when you look at the best overall defense, the best overall defense is the Rams. What do you think the Rams' likelihood of winning a Super Bowl is? Their offense is not great. Goff is probably not going to be playing this coming weekend. He's still, uh, at best, with that thumb, it would be iffy. So then look at Washington. Washington's second best overall defense. Think Washington is winning a Super Bowl? No. Pittsburgh after that. Pittsburgh's a more balanced team. Probably one of the better balanced teams coming into the postseason, but also not hot. They've lost, what, three or four of their last five games? The Saints, Saints are a good team. Saints can beat you both on the ground, through the air. Saints have a good defense. They're number four. Number five, San Francisco, not even in the postseason. Tampa Bay, number six, they're a good team. They've struggled here in the second half of the season, but they're a good team. Baltimore, number seven. And then Indianapolis, eight, and Green Bay, nine. Who's got the best offense out of all of those teams? The Green Bay Packers do. 
So that's why I look at this and I say, you know, I understand where people are at. If there's going to be an Achilles heel, most likely it is going to be the defense that gives it up. If it comes down to a one-possession game, this defense is not proven consistently enough to be able to say they're a lockdown, 100% defense. They don't have that. They're not the, the monsters of the midway from 1985. They're not the Baltimore Ravens defense from the year they won the Super Bowl against San Francisco and the lights out down in the Dome down in Louisiana. They're, they're not that but they're good enough to support the best offense in the league. But, I, I again, Mike Pettin, his defense, if you look overall, they're number nine. You know? They're number nine. Under Mike Pettin, they've got, they've got steadily better every year. They're number nine. I mean, you can't argue with that. To the eyeball test, yeah, they have a few flaws. But I, you know what? Go and listen to Chicago Radio. Go and listen to Minnesota radio. Go and listen to some of these other other flagship stations that have sports talk shows. You know what they all complain about? The defense can't tackle. It's something that's that's prevalent throughout the league. The Rams, they're good up front. They stymie the run extremely well. Washington, the same thing. Pittsburgh, they bring it from everywhere. They're outside backers. T.J. Watt and company, they get it done. They're really, really solid. New Orleans, good, not great. But after that, I mean, why not the Packers, you know? 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. Go ahead and give us a shout. Um, real quick, let's do this because we got some people on hold. Uh, let's get to Evan. Or, excuse me, no, let's not do that. Do we get Evan? No, we don't have Evan. Let's see, who, who else do we have? Uh, let's go to Tom. Tom listening to us in Caledonia. Tom, how you doing today, man? What's up? Real good, Bill. Hey, quick question. Driving me nuts. Twice now, Kevin King. I like him, but he just doesn't know how to use his arms when he tackles. Against the, against the Lions, I saw a play. He just throws his body straight at like a torpedo, bounces off the guy, and the guy goes 10 more yards. Yesterday again, he did it. I, I forgot who it was that he didn't tackle. Why doesn't he open his arms? I don't get it. It drives I don't, me nuts. It's, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm, I'm it's, completely with you 100%. If Kevin King was a uh, better tackler, he would be uh, – that would make this secondary probably the top three in all of football. you got to believe the coach just say something to him. I don't – I'll never understand it. I hope it doesn't affect us. But yesterday he missed. He missed because he threw his body, arms right alongside of his body, and, and, and the guy went for like six, seven more yards. Anyway yep. – been on my chest. Thanks, Bill. And it, and, it, and it turned out to be a first down. Appreciate the phone call. I completely remember what you're talking about. You see guys launch themselves at the feet of ball carriers as if to say, I'm going to trip you up rather than tackle you. Sometimes guys can have issues with, say, ailing shoulders or what have you, and they don't want to hurt those shoulders. I get it. But I have seen more guys, more guys secondary-wise that have launched themselves at players, high-stepping it or running, that have been kneed in the head that leave the game for two and three weeks because of concussion versus a guy with a, uh, uh, a, you know, a tough shoulder. Now, you want to save your shoulder and your arms because you're going to do you know, hand battling down the field. So maybe they do risk-reward management, and that's the way they teach it. I just can't imagine ever saying, don't wrap up. I, it's just it's not something that that fits into my into my brain. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four. Let's do this. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette going to join us when we come back. Stay tuned for that. Hey, by the way, 
maybe a battle going on in your house, right? You know, over the thermostat. I'm cold, put on a sweater, turn up the heat, conserve the energy. Nope. Uh, look, don't worry about it, okay? The truth is, instead of fighting over the thermostat, give your conscience, your spouse, your significant other, your kids, uh, and your furnace a break with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Think about it. By replacing the old leaky windows and doors, you instantly make your home more energy efficient so you can set your thermostat at a more reasonable temperature, just like I do here. I keep everything at about 69 or 70 degrees. And it's perfect. You can replace right now with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And not only can you save on your energy bills season after season, but you're going to save right away. Three years, no interest. Five months, no first payment. And here's the facts. Pella offers nine different lines of luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Some of the best warranties in the business, including a 10-year installation warranty and over 150 patented Pella innovations like integrated roll screen that rolls up and out of you. And, by the way, year-round installation. I've been talking about that before. So three years, no interest, five months before your first payment. It all ends at the end of this month. So make January 2021 the year that you beautify your home. You make it more energy efficient. You make it easier to operate. You make it more secure. Set And make it more valuable, by the way. Set your free consultation up today at PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Dot com. You do have a few restrictions, so you can see their showrooms for details, but uh, good people from our friends at PellaWI.com. Again, PellaWI.com. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette, next on the Bill Michael Show. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I mean, give us that opportunity. That's uh, a different year. So the home field advantage might not mean the exact same as in years past, obviously, with the home field crowd that can uh, make a difference make certain times in the game. But uh, it's important. You know, we know that, you know, the weather is an issue always in, in these months. So we'll definitely be hoping for some uh, cold, frigid temperatures uh, in a couple weeks. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Show, broadcasting live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studio. Go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com for all your plumbing needs. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com. Follow him on Twitter at EricBaranchek1. And, Eric, uh, let's start with the offensive line first and foremost because when we got word that David Bakhtiari went down for the remainder of the season, I think there was a lot of, oh, my goodness, what are they going to do now? And while it didn't show up statistically yesterday when it came to uh, the new number of sacks, they still got Aaron Rodgers and hit him a, a more than a few times yesterday. So how big of a loss is the uh, is the David Bakhtiari loss, do you think? Well, I mean, and let, let, let's do this. Let's get Eric on a better line. That's that's awful. Um, let's, let's do that. Let's put him on hold. So uh, we'll see if we can't get him uh, – Get him into a better area or something like that. I breaking up pretty bad. Um, by the way, uh, speaking of things uh, that are that are pretty bad, uh, you know, hey, if you're out and about on the road and you're like, I need something to eat pretty bad. Well, I'm telling you, our friends over there at Quick Trip, they got you covered. Take home meals prepared fresh in their kitchen, ready to heat and eat in yours. Choose from so many options like fettuccine alfredo, chicken. A whole lot more. They've got the uh, the fried chicken. They've got the pothole pizzas. There's so many different menu options. Over there from our friends at Quick Trip, stop in, tell them we said hi, and don't forget use your Quick Rewards card along the way as well. That is our friends from Quick Trip, 
and you can stop in and check it out there. 855-830-8648, Uh This one's from Mark real quick. He says, Packers fans complain more because we're used to finding a way to fail. It's not an I told you so thing. It's more of a way to lessen the pain when the bad things happen. That's just my two cents. That's from Mark. Um, no, I get it. I understand it. You know, it's 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 a it's a. I I think if you're being honest, and you're looking at this, you say, okay, my optimism says why not? Because I don't think there's a perfect team in the NFC. There's not a dominant team in the NFC. I think you look at the the Kansas City Chiefs and what they've done. You can say, you know what? That's that's a pretty dominant team. Whereas the Green Bay Packers, you can say, oh, they've got a couple of flaws that could ultimately cost them. But Again, I uh, and I think we got Eric back, but I look at this Packers team and I think, why not the Green Bay Packers? But uh, going back to the question that I gave you, Eric, uh, the loss of uh, David Bakhtiari, when it comes to schematics and on film, what we see out of that offensive line, everybody's been kind of mixed and matched all season long. But the loss of a leader like David Bakhtiari, the loss of the ability of David Bakhtiari, what do you see moving forward? I, I think – Honestly, with the versatility of their offensive line, that they're going to be fine. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to you're going where you're going to lose some stuff is you're going to see some more pressure leaking off the off the edge a little bit. But the key to that offensive line and making it go is the guard center guard position, and that they are holding up that uh, line of scrimmage and not allowing any any leakage from the middle. And that allows Rodgers. You saw it happen a little bit yesterday uh, when Wagner started getting some. Uh, some pressure for, or started getting some leakage off from his side and a little bit from Turner's side, that he's able to step up and slide out. Without that, that uh, uh, guard center guard wall, um, it, it could get ugly. So uh, I think as long as they can maintain the, the line of scrimmage at that spot so that Rodgers can take his step up when he needs to, it, it'll be okay because you can step up, but if it starts leaking up the gut, that's when it gets to be a problem. So yesterday, let's start with that uh, because we saw the run game. It was productive, uh, not you know world breaking, and we saw very little of AJ Dillon. Now I I say it's just because merely trust. It's just being able to trust the blocking scheme. Because remember, you go back to that game against Tennessee. Aaron Rodgers was actually putting his hands behind his back and pointing which way to go. So to me, it's not that AJ Dillon's not a quality running back. It's just that right now they trust Williams and they trust Jones, and Jones obviously has a whole different level. But they just trust those two guys more at this point, correct? Correct, correct. And the other thing you got to remember, too, is that front seven that they were playing against, you know, what you can say whatever you want about the, the Chicago Bears, that's a pretty solid front seven. And they had a team hicks back. So that was a, a pretty good uh, uh, front seven that they were playing. And they, they didn't really need – they only ran 46 plays. So they didn't really rely on their, their, their running game to do a whole lot. They had short field a couple times and uh, they had a long bomb. You know, they – you know, they just they didn't have a 380 yard performance, you know, so where they needed it. But I thought on the ground they got 80 yards on the ground, and that was enough when you got uh, Rodgers back there. When you look at the defensive side of things, Rashawn Gary starting to come on. Obviously, the linebackers are playing well. But you know, we talk about Adrian Amos. He just loves playing against the Bears. He just comes up big. That first game that the, the, the of last year, the game again last night, he seems to really thrive against Mr. Trubisky for whatever reason. But and probably because of familiarity, obviously. But when you look at that defense, 
what is the weakest link in the defense right now? I mean, picking up Snacks Harrison, he got a couple of uh, pressures and a couple of plays yesterday in which he clogged the middle a little bit. Have they shored things up much better? I said over the last seven games, they've only given up 18.7 points per game. Obviously, things are trending in the right direction. Absolutely. And and if you if I had to put my finger on one thing and one thing only, it's the play of Kenny Clark. Um, you know, you know, they missed him early in the season. And when he came back, you know, I know he came back, but there's no way he was 100% because he just wasn't playing it. And you look at the way he has played the last three or four weeks um, of being disruptive. Now, he doesn't show up all the time on – and now D-Lyman shows up all the time on, on the stag and the uh, defensive statistics at the end of the night. But when you look at being able to, re- to redirect plays, make running backs, make their decision early – uh, that's fantastic, and, and you saw uh, Harrison do it. You know, you know, uh, Lancaster and Lowry—they're pretty good at, at at. They don't make too many mental mistakes, and they are able to hold up the line of scrimmage. But when you talk about being able to shed blocks and take that offensive lineman and drive him two, three yards upfield. That's what you're getting out of Kenny Clark, and you saw with Snacks uh, uh, yesterday for a couple of plays. You know, that to me is the biggest step. Uh, that this defense has taken. And then it allows guys like Barnes and Kirksey to not have to fight off guys all the time. They don't have to run through the trash. They're able to go sideline, you know, gap to gap, uh, fairly clean. So yeah, I, those are the, the big steps that has taken place on that front seven, that or front six, depending on how they're playing. Uh, that makes a difference. And then that's, I, you know, you take a, a step back and look at the next level. Um, the way that they're utilizing uh, Amos on uh, first and second downs, pretty much at the linebacker level, is new. That is not what they have been done early in the season, and that is paying off dividends on some of those short passing, on keeping the tight end under control, on uh, of the the running back coming out of the flat, and being able to feel comfortable uh, sending a nickel corner on a blitz because you got him to be able to cover up over the top. So those are the two things that have really kind of changed. Uh, you know, when Raven Green went down and they put Amos there, that really uh, – uh, took that defense to another level. I looked yesterday, 34 tackles between Barnes, Savage, and King. And for as much as King is being criticized, and he does at times just launch himself rather than wrapping up, and he becomes more of a highlight, but he ended up with seven solos, three assists yesterday, and two passes defended. I mean, for everybody that wants to point the finger at Kevin King, if he's your weakest link, he's not a bad he's not a bad player. I mean, and they're throwing at him a lot more because they're not throwing at Jair Alexander. That's absolutely for sure. You know, you you hear you see some people make some silly remarks that you know King isn't very good or whatever. I'll tell you what, he if he hits the open market, he is going to be a very wealthy man. He is he is a he is a stout tackler in the run game, coming up and filling in the alley. Yes, I realize that he dives out there and throws it out there, but there are a lot of D backs that make an awful lot of money that kind of just wrestle people down. Uh, the other thing that you really like about him is they, they've been playing more off coverage because what they're trying to do is keep teams in front of them um, and make teams work their way down the field. Seven, you know, if you have a drive where their biggest yard, biggest gain is seven yards and they score, okay, so be it. Most teams are usually going to shoot themselves in the foot with a drop pass or a uh, uh, a holding call or some sort of penalty. It doesn't happen often. It will happen from time to time. But when they does that, he's able to come up and, and tackle those plays, um, and usually it's it's usually tackled up pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've for years, um, 
Yeah, he's been a good solid tackler and a good and a good perimeter player in the run game. Um, you know, you can shake your head when the guy's getting opportunities like he's getting right now. He's gonna you're gonna see some warts in the tackling, and he's not really. You know, they don't pay those guys to be tough nut tacklers. They're paid to cover and stop the pass. So I, I, I personally will give those guys a little bit of leeway on that, as long as when there's a, you know, when they're the only force player and they're in the flat and he wraps up and brings that guy down, I'm, I'm okay with it. Hey, real quick before I let you go, yesterday uh, only one sacker's and technically three, I counted five, but technically three quarterback hurries. Um, you know, rolling Mitch out and putting him on the run, play action, RPOs, stuff like that. It, it, early on in that game, it almost looked like they took a page out of the Matt LaFleur playbook uh, by the way they put uh, Mitch Trubisky on the run. Is that the way, really, that uh, if you're going to sustain drives and you're going to beat the Packers, is that the way you're going to do it? The way, the way you beat the Packers is going to be able to find a way to be successful throwing the ball at 15-plus. That you want to if if you have a your quarterback and your passing game is set up to to be consistently throwing the ball at at fifteen plus, you can beat the Packers defense and that's just the way it is. If you do what Mitch Trubisky tried to do, or uh, what the Bears tried to do yesterday, this isn't going to happen because that's their, their defense is set up to not let the big play happen and and that's why Petten doesn't like to do a lot of blitzing and all of that because they want to keep everything in front of them and make you work your way down the field. Now they got lucky on one. And that's going to happen. But it was if you watched yesterday, it wasn't consistent. And the Titans weren't very consistent either. And, and some of the reason is if you have to uh, throw the ball 15 yards, you've got to be able to block for a long time. And the Packers are just good enough where they can make it uncomfortable for a guy. But if they get a good – got a team that can really pass block well and you can consistently throw the ball 15-plus, you, know, you, 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 you could give the Packers some headaches. Eric, always good. We'll talk again soon, okay? You too. Enjoy your week. It's going to be fun. Be a lot of fun. There you go. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider, hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. we got more of the Bill Michaels Show live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. Go to genewagnerplumbing.com for all your plumbing needs. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers with a 35-16 win over the Bears at Soldier Field. Now, Chicago dominated the time of possession. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. That was a strange game to only come out of it with 44 offensive plays. You know, I think we had like seven legitimate drives on offense. Even though the Bears lost, they found out they're headed to New Orleans for the wild card round thanks to Arizona losing. Matt Nagy. You know, being in that locker room afterwards, this is my first time where you lose a game, but yet you, you, you find out that you're that you're in. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams had six catches and one touchdown, enough to set a new franchise record for the most receptions in a season, surpassing Sterling Sharp. Feels good, man. Feels good. Um, I would have been happy regardless uh, just getting this by, getting, being able to moving to here, uh, having everything go through Lambo, putting in a lot of hard work, and you know I've come up short of a few different things in my career, so it feels good to be able to achieve that. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you what I told Tay in the locker room 
I said 13 and a half games, and you just had the greatest season of the Packer receiver in history. And it got me emotional, gets me emotional in this moment. That's Aaron Rodgers. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. And uh, don't forget, coming up on Thursday night, it's going to be the Bill Michaels Huddle. The postseason edition begins at 6 to 8 this coming Thursday night, presented by Bud Light. Seltzer, unquestionably good. And don't forget four flavors, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry. Go to BudLight.com. So you've got uh, the coaching carousel, which begins. Jacksonville has led their head coach, Marone, gone. Uh, the Chargers let Lynn go today. Uh, the Jets, obviously, Adam Gase, gone. You got the Texans looking for a new head coach. Atlanta, Detroit uh, looking for a new head coach. So uh, there's going to be quite a few jobs available out there. Uh, the one job that uh, did not come available, and uh, I could have told you that, Cincinnati did not follow, fire Zach Taylor because they don't want to pay anybody when he's not working because that's a cheap organization and terrible. Um, so you've got, a, what is it, a seven Six, seven jobs, six jobs, six jobs that are available right now uh, out on the open market. And uh, you did not, if the Bears would have been eliminated, you might have thought that there might have been an opening down in Chicago today as well, but that is not, uh, you know, at least as of right now, has not happened. But, uh, but some jobs are available on Black Monday throughout the NFL. Got another hour yet to go. We'll talk about the playoff matchups, the times, the dates. They're set for the wild card weekend. Also, Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, in the next hour. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 